Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome back to episode 49 of Ancient World Podcast. So today we're going to have a a longer podcast. Um, We want to talk about one of the big themes from the Greek mythology, which is uh, hubris and nemesis. Like the, the concept of pride or excessive confidence and then reaching beyond. And then you get the punishment from the gods, which is called a nemesis. Uh, and this concept is described in many different like cultures and traditions and mythologies. But the Greek one is, is a nice one. So it's a hubris and nemesis. And we want to talk about the story about um, Icarus who flew too high, too close to the skies. Uh, but before we tell that story, we're just going to link it from where we ended with um, Zeus and Europa, and he was bringing her, the Phoenician princess, to Crete, and then she becomes queen of Crete. Because there's a link from that part of, of uh, the story about, the, um, uh, also about Minos, King Minos, to the story and myth about uh, Icarus. So when, um, so when King Minos, so Europa and Zeus, they have a son, King Minos. And then before Minos becomes the king, he is wondering which um, of the siblings will be the, the heir of the throne. So he asks the sea god uh, Poseidon, who of us will be the next ruler? And if it is me, please give me a sign. And then Poseidon says, "You will, uh, if you see the sign of a white bull coming from the seas, that's the sign uh, that you will be the next ruler. But then you have to sacrifice the white bull back to Poseidon. And then uh, a little bit of time passes and then the white bull is coming. And Minus is very happy about this because now he knows he's going to be the king. But he thinks the white bull is so beautiful that he wants to keep it. So he keeps it instead and then he sacrifices one of his other bulls to Poseidon and thinks it's, it won't make a difference. Uh, but then Poseidon is furious about this. So then he casts a spell on Minos' wife, um, Pasiphae, and then she falls in love with the white bull. And then they have a child together, which they call Minotaur, which probably many of you have heard about before. So Minotaur then becomes half human, half bull, and he's born, and then he's a little baby, but then as he grows, he becomes more and more uh, of a monster. And this is a huge problem for Minos as well. So when Minotaur becomes too big and too much of a monster, 
he decides he wants to uh, create the labyrinth to keep Minotaur a captive inside of the labyrinth. So this is where the whole story about Minotaur and the labyrinth, the, like the priest story to that, that part. So Minos calls on Daedalus, a great architect at the time, and tells him, build the labyrinth so I can have Minotaur as a captive inside of it. And then Daedalus makes the labyrinth also with partly with the help from his son, which is Icarus. So this is where the link to Icarus is coming. Okay, so this is the first part. So now we have the labyrinth and you have the Minotaur in the middle of it. And you have Daedalus connected to this. Okay, so next part of the story is that so Minos is living in Crete and in Athens you have Aegis, which is the ruler. And then in Athens you have the games, like sport games, like festival games. And then Minos sends one of his sons, uh, Androgeus, to the games and Androgeus wins the whole festival and the games. King Aegis doesn't like this, so he kills the son of Minos. So that starts kind of a war, and then Minos says, I want an offering from Athens. I want you to send seven young girls and seven young boys to Crete and to Knossos and into the labyrinth to Minotaur, to feed Minotaur, because Minotaur needs to, since he's half bull, half human, he's, uh, he's also then, he wants to, has to eat people. So... King Aegis does this twice, so every nine years he has to send seven girls and seven boys. So he sends this once, and then he sends this twice, but then the third time, one of the sons of Aegis, Theseus, says to his father that, please send me this time, and I will kill the Minotaur. And Aegis starts his protesting in the beginning, <laughs> so that, well, you no one is coming out alive from the labyrinth. It's impossible to solve it. Uh, and, the, and the Minotaur is too powerful. But uh, Theseus says, I will do this. And then he brings with him his father's sword. He hides the sword of his father and then he sets sails towards Crete. And he also says to his father that when we come back for the boats, look at the sails. If the sails are black, it means I've been killed. If the sails are white, it means that I survived and I'm coming back. So then Theseus travels with other 13 other boys and girls to Crete. And then when they arrive there uh, and they meet King Minos, th uh, one of Minos' daughters, Ariadne, falls in love with Theseus. So immediately you have the, the son of King Aegis and the daughter of King Minos, they fall in love immediately. And then Ariadne knows that Theseus has to go into the, the labyrinth. And then to help him, she knows a trick from Daedalus. So first she gives Theseus um, a thread, like a, a nest of th threads, a thread. And then she also tells him, only go forward and downwards. Never go to the left or to the right. Then you will find a way into the Minotaur. And then you use the thread to go back out. And then he also has the sword from his father. So Theseus, Theseus does this. He goes into the labyrinth. He has the thread. Then he kills the, the monster. And then he follows the thread back again. And he solved 
the quest he went for. Then he takes Ariadne with him to take her back to Athens. But on the way, they stop on the island of Naxos. And according to the different stories of the, like the accounts of the myths, uh, Theseus gets tired of Ariadne, so he just abandons her on the island of Naxos. And kind of just runs away from it and sails back to Athens. But because of this, he forgets to change the sails to the white sails to signal to his father that everything was okay, I'm alive, I'm coming back. So they sail back with the black sails and then King Aegis sees this from far away and he thinks his son is dead and in despair he, he uh, kills himself by throwing himself into the ocean. And that's then the uh, Aegean Sea, which is now like between Greece and Turkey today. That's the, the name, that's how the name of that sea is, was given. Okay, so now Theseus is back in Athens. He becomes a very big ruler of, of a glorious time for, for Athens. And then back in Crete, Minos, King Minos is furious at Daedalus because the Minotaur is dead. And he also captured her, his daughter, Theseus. So he imprisons Daedalus and Icarus inside of the labyrinth and says, now you are prisoners in your own labyrinth and you can stay there. And that's, so now we're coming to the third part. So we had all the links now, and we will focus on the myth of Icarus. And again, back to the concept of hubris and nemesis. And the story, this is very beautifully written in uh, the metamorphosis of, of Ovid from the Roman times. And he describes the beginning of the story like this. Meanwhile, Daedalus, hating Crete and his long exile, and filled with a desire to stand on his native soil, was imprisoned by the waves. He may thwart or escape our land or sea, he said, but the sky is surely open to us. We will go that way. Minus rules everything, but he does not rule the heavens. So saying, he applied his thought to new invention and altered the natural order of things. He laid down lines of feathers, beginning with the smallest, following shorter with longer ones, so you might think they had grown like that on a slant. In this way, long ago, the rustic panpipes were graduated with lengthening reeds. Then he fastened them together with thread at the middle and beeswax at the base, and when he had arranged them, he flexed each one into a gentle curve so that they imitated real bird's wings. His son Icarus stood next to him and, not realizing that he was handling things that would endanger him, uh, was caught laughingly at the down that blew in the passing breeze and softened the yellow beeswax with his thumb and in his play hindered his father's marvelous work. So here is how they plan to escape from the labyrinth to make wings and just fly away. And then, as uh, Daedalus finishes his work, and he has two pairs of wings for, for Icarus and himself, he warns his son, that we are now going to fly, but you have to remember this. Do not fly too high, because the wax will melt and the wings will fall off. Don't go too high. Don't go too low, because the, the splash of the waves in the ocean will make the wings wet, and then you will also fall into the sea. 
So you have to stay in the middle, <laughs> the middle road, middle path. Not too high, not too low. And Icarus says, yes. No, no, that's, that, that's okay. And then, is, um, as I say here, more from Ovid here. At the same time, as he laid down the rules of the flight, he fitted the newly created wings on the boy's shoulders. While he worked and issued his warnings, the aging man's cheeks were wet with tears. The father's hands trembled. He gave a never-to-be-repeated kiss to his son and, lifting upwards on his wings, flew ahead, anxious for his companion, like a bird, leading her fledglings out of a nest above into the empty air. He urged the boy to follow and showed him the dangerous art of flying, moving his own wings and then looking back at his son. Some angler catching fish with a quivering rod or a shepherd leaning on his crook, or a plowman resting on the handles of his plow, saw them, perhaps, and stood there amazed, believing them to be gods able to travel the sky. So now they started the, the escape from, uh, from the labyrinth, from Knossos, and they fly beyond uh, three islands, Samos, Juno, and Kalimne. So Samos... Lebinthos and Kalimne, and they keep flying. But then, and here comes the Hebrews part. Being a young boy, young young person, Icarus is drawn towards the light and to the sunshine. So he forgets the rules. He keeps flying upwards and upwards. And then, finally, he gets too close to the sun. The uh, wax is melting. And the wings fall off and he plunges down into the sea and he dies. And then Daedalus is crushed. And the sea is called Icarian Sea today. The unhappy father, now no longer a father, shouted, Icarus, Icarus, where are you? Which way should I look to see you? Icarus, he called again. Then he caught sight of the feathers on the waves and cursed his inventions. He laid the body to rest in a tomb, and the island was named Ikaria after his buried child. So, this is one of the stories about hubris and nemesis in the Greek mythology. It's one of the most famous ones. It's also a very sad one, but um, it's a it's a it's a beautiful story, and it's also in this case it's an opening to to reading Ovid, which is one of the main accounts of the mythology. So um, next time you hear someone talks about Icarus or like flying too high, too close to the sun, then you know the, the, the origin of the story and also the whole link from, from Europa and the establishing of the kingdom of, of Greece towards the, these mythology, uh, mythological stories. So we're going to end it there and um, hope you enjoyed some of this. Some of the podcasts will be a little bit longer to just get the whole context and to frame it properly. So, um, uh, and it's always, like once we start getting into this, there are more and more stories that grows out of it. So there are uh, other things too in the future episodes. So thank you so much for listening and uh, hope some of this was interesting. And um, 
hope you have a great day and uh, we'll see you again soon sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.